host, Sarah, and I'm your other host, Morgan. We are two sisters by marriage who love to talk about stories from writing fiction and creating elaborate plot lines in D&D to sticking four DMs in a room and telling them that they're all in charge. We're out, out of initiative. initiative. We've got two special guests with us today. It's Kyle and Isaac. Kyle of Chaos is a Tool and Isaac of Making Magic Items. Thank you both for joining us today. Uh, our guests from earlier this season, I'm excited to share with you both some very important news. Uh, you're in charge. I'm in charge? No, Wait, he's me, in charge. Right? Yeah. No, I'm in That's charge. That's right. We put together a special episode for all of you. The four of us are calling it Oops All DMs. The four of us will be answering quick trivia questions and making snap judgment rulings in order to claim the title of Master of Games. Here we go. We're starting today's round with trivia to really highlight that competitive nature that we all pretend isn't lying just underneath the surface. Uh, you may work together to answer the following questions. Uh, no need to buzz in or anything. Just shout. I think that that's probably the right move here today. Uh, so to demonstrate what our plan is, um, for example, some of these questions are going to be things like uh, an average adventuring party can absolutely hang out in a bag of holding for more than 20 minutes with no adverse consequences whatsoever. True or false? Absolutely false. False. Correct. Correct. So <laughs> here we go. Question number one, Strixhaven's addition of the Owlin to the player bull race options might have players' heads in the clouds. Excluding the Owlin, can you all name the three other player races that have the ability to become airborne at level one? Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Aarakocra. Absolutely. Yep, first one, for sure. Air Genasi? Correct. I said airborne, not flight. What's the third one? It's very small and it is new. Pixie. Uh, Fairy. Fairy? Fairy. Fairy. Adjacent. That's good. That's good. All right. All right. Question number two. Some monsters really know how to take a hit. Many undead creatures are able to get back up again after taking a killing blow. What is the name of this feature? Undead. Regeneration. Relentless Endurance. Uh, relentless endurance if it's a player character because it's less menacing sounding um and regeneration is what keeps them regenerate so lots of correct answers uh undead fortitude is what i was looking for nice work Isaac. it is my favorite mechanic it is I, that's I, that's why i wrote it in there i was like oh he'll like this one uh give up your character yells i have the high ground how much of a bonus does having high ground confer to your attack rolls plus three a very thematic one Yep, that one. Yeah, which is, that... which is to say, no bonus. None. It's no bonus. No bonus whatsoever. Plus that is a trick question. Ten. But it looks cool. <laughs> it sure looks cool. It yeah. Should give you a bonus. It should give you a bonus. You know what? DM ruling gives you plus three. <laughs> I like it. You're already jumping ahead to the next segment. That's uh, this is great energy. I love this from you. Uh, question number four. They say the devil is in the details. Name two spells that require you to be specific with your language to avoid a monkey paw moment suggestion absolutely guile no yes yes correct there are actually two more that i wrote down that i thought might end up in the rotation i'm interested if you guys have thoughts i mean like definitely wish wish correct but that's mostly because dms are already always out to get you when you're trying to wish something i think that's even in the language of the spell there's one more very early level that I think uh, DMs should abuse way more often. 
I'm not sure. Command. We were looking for command. Mm. Mm. Uh, you gotta well, be, I would argue that one. You would? Yeah. Because command's only a single word. Yeah, so a single word. Really... So if drop. you have a very good word, you could do a lot of things, right? I, I take it back. I stand corrected. Sit corrected. You sit corrected. You drop corrected. I, I, I fall prone. You do. <laughs> uh, a bonus fifth question for you all. Uh, what is the correct answer when the players ask, did we level up? Yes. Not for another week. <laughs> a good mix there. Yes, and not for another week. Uh, I, I was going for a roll for initiative. Um, oh. but mm -hmm. That's good. Well, uh, I was kind of imagining if we wanted, we could roll off for who's going to do the next round. And I wanted to move into hypotheticals next so we can go back and forth between trivia and hypotheticals. Sure. Uh, so unless someone is absolutely dying to share their hypothetical first, uh, we're going to do a quick roll off. Sounds good. I got a natural one. Hmm. So that's good. I got a 15. 15. I got a 14. 17. Kyle coming All to right. try with a 17. Kyle, hit us with your hypothetical situation. The idea <clears throat> here is that you will give us an example and the rest of us will need to make a ruling. All right. So can you cast enlarge reduce on a door? We have established this one, but I think it can go other places too. Because it's made of wood. That was like a living thing. So you can choose us an object as well. And okay. I, the question comes down to is a door an object? A door is definitely an object. I would it's it could be a mimic, so it can be an object. I, I think mm -hmm. that the the minutia of this spell that it comes down to is there has to be space available for it to enlarge. Um, but it doesn't require that... It doesn't specify anything about being reduced while attached to something else. So I think I would allow it. No, no problem. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the sticking point on this is like if, it's a, if you're reducing the door and it's attached to hinges, um, do the hinges restrict it from reducing further? as a combined area would restrict it from enlarging. I've had some time to think about it. And I think we all probably would make a, maybe a different ruling. I think I would make it a strength check against, well, not a strength check, a check versus their spell modifier. Oh, that's fun. And throw a DC on there. It's a fun way to do it. Sarah, how would you roll that? I, I would allow it. Because I'm thinking if you can enlarge a person and all their armor and everything they have on them, why couldn't you do a door with the hinge and the doorknob and everything? You know what I mean? A person's way more complex than a door. So, but I do like the idea of, of challenging, um, like having them roll for it and see, depending on the do type of door. Yeah, yeah if fun. it's like a wooden door, yeah. DC 10 maybe. Yeah. If it's like a vault door. 30 yeah and i think i think the the thing to think about in this case would be um locked like circumventing a locked door mm -hmm. um which would be kind of a um a, a power level to balance against with this spell um as a point uh, knock is a second level spell as well 
So I don't see there anything being overpowered about just using a second level spell slot through a different means to circumvent a lock. So it's gonna leave a lot of splinters. It is. <laughs> do and have it's a... probably gonna be loud. Mm-hmm. It would be. Yeah. 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 Ripping all that apart. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm curious on a follow up to that. If something is reduced, if you put something around it. Does it break the thing? Does it decapitate it if it's a chain? So you're saying if the spell ends and it goes when back to reduced. normal size. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. saying re- reduce an enemy with a head and then wrap their neck with something. And then when they enlarge, does it decapitate their head? I think there's actually an official ruling on this, which is when it goes to return to its normal size... It, like it, it, they do this in terms of like space, so like you could be in then another character, another friendly character space. You could share your five foot cube, but when you return to your normal size, you return to the the next nearest unoccupied space. So you would be like shunted to the next. So I think that you would just be shunted out of the chain. Like I don't think that it would. I don't think it would do any damage. That's how I would rule it. What level spell is enlarge reduced? Second, second level. Oh, second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's got a lot of utility. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. It it might do. I might rule it that it would do a little bit of damage, but I'm. I mean, I don't think that this case would come up very often because you would have to reduce something and then hold it down for long enough to securely <laughs> tie something around its body. Yeah. Um, yeah. On that same note, though, if the players are willing to put that much those that many resources into doing this cool thing, I might do a one time ruling. Like, I mean, you just wasted six yeah. spell slots just to <laughs> decapitate someone. They'd already be dead, but like, have at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so. it's a very interesting case that you bring up, Kyle. I like that. Do you? Say, it sounded like you had another hypothetical that you wanted to throw at us. It was or do we want something to rotate around. I I have a different one, but we can rotate. We can roll something. again. Let's roll again. I, we like rolling. I love rolling. Roll again. I uh, historically have the best uh, rolls in the game, so. Uh, 14. I, I'm here to challenge you with a 17. 15. 15. 15, okay. Well, then I will hop in. Uh, I've got kind of a series of questions for this hypothetical. Uh, now, I'm not a terribly creative person. I just went to the internet and looked at what people were talking about. Uh, so this is a series of questions on hitting downed players uh, that was on Reddit a couple days ago. And I'm so interested to hear where you guys draw the line. So this is kind of a multi-part thing. Um, and we talk about this uh, in a recent session. Uh, Isaac, here as the DM, had declared multiple attacks. The first attack downed the player. And... Uh, Sticking with what he had said, he followed through, and that second attack, of course, did some pretty massive damage, and we were all watching uh, that car- Sarah's character's life slip away right in front of us. <laughs> so the question is, uh, would you move a monster with multi-attack, especially if it has three attacks, uh, to a downed player specifically to finish them off? Depends on the creature. I, I do agree, and I, I, there were a couple people who said uh, in the comments of this one saying things like... Um, a zombie, it's going to down somebody and it's going to stay there and gnaw on them. You know, something more intelligent is maybe going to go and move to the next creature. 
Um, but going out of its way to attack a downed creature, um, I don't know. I think it, it seems like it would need to be um, like, oh, I saw that cleric reviving people. They keep coming back. Let's make sure they stay dead. Yeah, definitely dependent on the intelligence of the monster contingent of the situation. Yeah. I could see like a displacer beast or something. It's getting on its last leg and it's like, that thing's down. I'm grabbing it. I'm going. Kind yeah. of deal or yeah. some kind of predatory. So maybe even a dragon. They're like. And if you're thinking intelligence level, is that a decision that you make before the encounter starts or are you making that snap judgment in the moment? I think it would definitely need to be in the moment because if you're thinking, like, I don't think a, the beast is going into it being like, I'm just going to. I'm going to kill somebody today. Yeah. It's like, uh, I am afraid I'm going to die. I want dinner. Bye. Yeah. Fair. Yep. Isaac thoughts. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that I would ever make, um, a hard ruling before the encounter because I'm a firm believer of the creatures are going to do what's going to make the combat the most interesting and what my players are most interested in. So if I have a party that isn't interested in dying, then that's probably going to skew how I rule that um, because when it comes down to it, it's a game and we're here to have fun. And uh, I did back myself into a corner a little bit in the example that you gave uh, as I said that this creature with multiple attacks is going to take both of his attacks against the cleric and i did one and i i stuck to my guns and he he hit you at the second attack but i was i i, I was nervous yeah shaking in your boots yeah. <laughs> we, we were all we were all boots, a little nervous in that combat yeah. there was a there were a couple player turns before the cleric's turn came around for that final death save um so i was i was moderately confident that it would just build tension and not result in heartache but um yeah it was uh it i definitely didn't do that again for the rest of the session one at a time one at a one time attack at a time <laughs> uh in that vein would you have ranged attackers prioritize attacking a downed player i don't think so unless it was an extremely high priority target and i think that um i would deprioritize any kind of ranged attacks against down characters specifically because if a creature is intelligent enough to want to kill that person they're intelligent to, enough to know that hitting a prone creature at range is more difficult so it would be a disadvantage shot anyways so it would probably pick a better target yeah i i feel like it depends i think all of these are really depends but um if there was a group that was out to kill a specific target, you know, obviously there's some motivation there, but, or if I know we, we've talked about the, the ruling of like, if you're down, uh, each level of death save, you have different like movement abilities and stuff like I love that. that. Yeah. So if they see you crawling away and they're like, ah, oh, we got to take that out, especially if they know the healer's still up or something like that it would have to be for the right group though because once again like isaac said i don't want people to be like wow you're just trying to kill my character so it depends a lot of the discussion in the in the reddit post was about like i you know it, it's, it should never be malicious but 
you know, if it's a character who keeps going down and popping back up, like our monk constantly getting revived somehow, coming back from the brink of death over and over and over again, at some point the enemies are going to go, okay, that's enough of that. It's time to go. Like, we need to make sure he stays dead, as Matt Colville said. Or he stomps in your head to make sure you stay dead, as Matt Colville says. Um, the other uh, the other one that they threw into this was uh, counterspell ruthlessly without a second thought. And I think the subtext here is counterspelling healing spells. Yeah, yeah. That's Absolutely. a big one. I've seen that discussion online, too, multiple times. I think with counterspell, I would 100% use it all the time. Yeah, the if... If you have a big bad with counterspell, use it. Of course. Of course I'm going to use it. That's why I gave it to the big bad. Yeah. I, I saw a discussion recently where someone was talking about uh, their DM using, like, all the NPCs had counterspell. Like, everywhere they went, every NPC had counterspell. And, like, that does feel a little bit malicious. Like, and, and that you're telegraphing yeah. that to your players. What your player takes away. Sarah and I talk about this all the time. What your player takes away from that encounter is you've got a problem with me the person not my not my character and mm -hmm. it and it starts to become really personal and it makes the sessions feel just really icky there's a big power imbalance that will develop there, and that's not good yeah 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 I, I think it'd be a really interesting thing specifically for the big bad especially when you're thinking about okay Throughout this campaign, they haven't really experienced much of this. They've been able to use their spells however they want. And then they finally meet this really powerful enemy. And boom. Oh, I can't revive this person. Revivify just got counterspelled. You know. Counterspelling or revivify. Ooh, like... Because the you'd burn the diamond, you'd still use yep. the resource. Yep. There are still ways for that player to come back. I I think I would only do that if they were at a tier where I thought they could get help from someone, uh, to make it happen. Because it, you know, there would still be obstacles, but it it could happen as opposed to like, oh, I actually decided I don't like this character anymore. You're done. Also, if it if it was my character, I think both DMs here know. Kill my character. Do it. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah, there's definitely a, definitely a huge element of, of consent with the players. Know your players. Know what they want. And if Kyle's character goes down, and it would be super dope to have the villain just like absolutely wail on his dead body, then that's what I'm going to do because I know <laughs> Kyle would would think that's awesome. Be the well, best. It's time to roll again, and we're going to switch to trivia this time. So we're sure. going to roll to see who uh, is reading the next trivia questions. Three. Or 16. Nice, nice, nice. Kyle, hit us with some trivia. Which of the following is the most commonly used monster in D&D? A, ogres. B, goblins. C, trolls. Or D, skeletons. And is this based on like D&D Beyond data? So this is based off of a different website's data okay. that I just Googled randomly. It's gotta be goblins. Or skeletons, but I mean, it's probably goblins. What do you say, Sarah? I was gonna say gnolls, but goblins. <laughs> I would like to write in my answer. Is there an option to write in? <laughs> I think that you're wrong, uh, uh, and I'd like to write in what the was, correct answer. What was the first one again? It was ogre, goblin, troll, skeleton. I, I would say goblin also, yeah. You're all troll? wrong. It's troll. Oh! Troll is my second 
and Gatsby is like there's a big troll at the beginning of Water Deep Dragon Heist. Everybody loves a troll in D and D. Like that's such a classic move. Yeah. yeah. Although yeah. I would question this, how this data was collected, because I, I think the only way that that makes sense is if it's if they're counting an encounter with ten goblins as one, one. point per <laughs> goblin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I definitely use way more goblins quantity wise than trolls. We'd like notes? to see yeah. the ten data. Trolls of this. next encounter. <laughs> yeah, study. ten trolls next encounter. Done yep. and done. Yeah. <laughs> next question: Troll regeneration cannot be stopped. By which of the following damage sources? And that is cannot be stopped. Cannot be, not stopped. be stopped. Chill touch, poison, acid, fire. I I know this one. It's poison. It's poison. No wait, it's acid. I feel like it's. What was who? What are we attacking? <laughs> It's a troll. It's a troll. troll. It the is troll a troll. Regeneration okay, I was stuck in troll, again. and I yeah. just wanted to clarify that we were still talking about troll. You're like, no, like, this is actually gnolls. Can we talk about gnolls? <laughs> oh. Uh, chill touch. Well, chill touch specifically says... The creature cannot regain can't hit points. Can't regain hit points. Can't regain. Yeah. So, so in theory, that should negate the troll's ability. So I'm thinking chill touch works. We know fire works. And I'm just stuck on poison or acid. One of those specifically is in the stat block. Yeah. There's Ac- 100% poison that poison. Poison. does not prevent. Does not work. The What's the answer? Regeneration. The answer is poison. Okay. That right. does not. Acid, I, you know, poison made sense to me. I'm like, you know, it could stop like, but yeah. no. Poison's the wrong one. It's acid. Fire and chill touch all can stop the regeneration feature. Okay, okay. And then I like this one. I don't know if anyone's going to get it. I think it's interesting. Which of the following dragons can be found on D&D Beyond's monster list? Okay. Amethyst dragons, onyx dragons, deep dragons, moonstone dragons. Amethyst and moonstone. No, no, it's all, not Moon... All the above. It, is there an Onyx one? I don't know if there's an Onyx one, but I don't there's... think there's an Onyx one. There's, there's Amethyst for sure. Yep. Because we've been obsessed with dragons lately. There's absolutely Deep there Dragon. Is, there is a Deep Dragon. Mm-hmm. It is all of the above, then, because the Onyx... Because there's Topaz. I don't think that there's Onyx. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say there's no Onyx in D&D Beyond. Final answer. I, I'm going to say no Onyx, no Moonstone, because I think that it's Moon something else. No, I think it's Moonstone. It's Moonstone? All right. What do you think, Sarah? Is all the above an option? Which or dragon? E, all of the above. Is it She's which dragon or when, which dragons? Ooh, good question. I did add dragons. It which is plural. Dragon? Okay. Dragons plural are not in D and D Beyond. I'm yes. gonna yeah, I'm gonna say Onyx too. I think that's weird. I think it's Onyx and Moonstone. It's just Onyx. Oh. <laughs> I was. There's a bunch of them that have There's a bunch with Fizzbands. Yeah, there are a whole bunch of cool new. Um, I'm like, Onyx sounds like Morgan, it's real. You and I were just talking about Moonstone Dragons. <laughs> I thought it was just like a Moon something else dragon. It is Moonstone. Well, this is going to be embarrassing when we start our next campaign because <laughs> they might be kind of important. Don't know what you're talking about. It has nothing to do with the moon. Take the fifth. <laughs> has nothing, there's nothing to see on the moon. Any other questions for us, Kyle? My last one, true-false. You can use 
the sorcerer's twin spell metamagic on concentration spells. This is true. Yeah, I don't know what the official ruling is on this. I think I just made a judgment call that it's true, but I'm going to say true. I think it's in the Sage Advice Compendium. Sarah, what do you think? I'll say true. Yeah. It's true. Nice. And it is a Sage Advice thing. Yeah, because it, the, sure. it gets really funky with the, like, um, rolling for concentration saves, like, rolling for them separately. What we've house-ruled is anything anything that you twin roll separately. Separate damage, separate concentration, separate attack to hit, uh, instead of duplicating, and that has kind of worked out well. And that's the last of my questions. Amazing! Sarah, Isaac, one of you gets to give us a hypothetical. Okay. Time to roll. Eleven. You get one. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I definitely didn't work as hard on the hypothetical as I did on my trivia <laughs> questions. So I'm going to go with a classic because I just want to hear the di- discussion. Create or destroy water is a spell in D&D. Yeah. The spell specifies you can create up to 10 gallons of clean water within range in an open container. Alternatively, waterfalls as rain in a 30-foot cube. Can you create water in someone's lungs and drown them? Is a lung a container? <laughs> this is the discussion. Does it have anything to do... Does it say anything about you have to see? Is there any visual requirements for this spell? You know, there isn't anything laid out specifically in the text of the spell. However, that is a very good point that usually you have to um, be able to see your Mm -hmm. target in order to target it. Where you're placing that water, yeah. Usually that's related to seeing the creature to target the creature. Um, And it usually specifies you target a creature you can see within range. So not technically in this spell. It just says uh, an open container within range. Uh, I would say yes. You would say yes? And you would say it just, it drowns them. That's that? No. Well, I guess that's a, this is a two-parter. The first one, can you create water in their lungs? Kyle says yes. What do you say, Morgan? I say yes. And I have contingencies on it that are backed by science. I I want to hear what Sarah says. I say yes, that you can create water in their lungs. Yeah. Okay. In the DMG, there is a section on homebrewing spells Mm -hmm. and how much damage they can do. Uh, I would rule, yes, you can create the water in their lungs, and as they expel it, they take an equal amount of damage to a uh, to an, a home-brewed first-level spell. Uh, you get to roll your damage. I know that's not as exciting as, like, there's water in your lungs, and, and they drown. Like, that, we did it, guys. We, we broke the game. Um, but, like, I, I, that's, like, that's ruling that's already been laid out for us, and I feel pretty, I feel pretty good about it, because then you're letting the player do the cool thing and uh, still sticking within, I think, the parameters of the game. I'd probably do something like you put it in their lungs. Mm-hmm. They now have to make some kind of constitution check or something to cough up the, the liquid in their lungs was my thought. And, you know, maybe after X amount of attempts, if they can't get the get it up, maybe they drown or maybe they start taking damage one way or another. Or they are they lose a turn after X amount of losses. I can definitely imagine. 
imagine like it distracting them and like they have to struggle to kind of like regain their breath and like maybe they lose an attack or they lose a turn. Um, I just feel like however strong we make it, you know, we have to remember that the enemies might then use that against the players. And if you're throwing, like if you're putting all your eggs in the one basket of a first level spell, then you're probably not a very high level character yet. And uh, I'm a little concerned about what that creator destroy water in your lungs is going to do when the enemy rolls around because they're not going to target the fighter. They're going to target your squishy wizard in the back. Oh, would that prevent you from Sarah. uttering the somatic components of a spell? I think it. I, I think it would if you if you ruled it that way. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's or destroy water too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the flip side, if you were <laughs> drowning and you wanted to save a party member, you could take the water out. If you would allow it one way, you should be able to allow it the other way, right? Yeah. But I agree. I don't think they should just drown. I think they should have a save. I think it would. Be a distraction right. for sure, and maybe they take a little damage. But I, I, yeah. Wait. I think I, I think yeah. I would rule this a little bit as a wet blanket. Pardon, <laughs> pardon the pun, but I, I don't think I'd allow it at all. You don't think you'd allow anyone to cast water in anyone else's lungs? I think that I would rule semantically that a container is an object and a living person isn't an object. But that's that's, that's the leg I'd stand on. I don't think there's any hard hard uh, backing to that. <laughs> I think my main thing around them trying to do that, especially especially for like a newer party that hasn't heard about all these rulings and stuff, it's like just inspiring creativity. It's like come up with cool ideas, and maybe I'll allow it. We'll see. I think it. I think it'd be really interesting. I know we had a group, a work group, Morgan and I did, a long time ago. And certain things were a little loosey-goosey back then. Because they were like, I want to do this random thing. And it's like, why not? Let's see what happens. You know? I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Yeah. There we go. That's my hypothetical. That's a good hypothetical. That was a good one. Do you two want to roll off for trivia? Sure. How about Sarah does her trivia so that I'm not doing mine back to back? That's fair. Okay. So, as we all know, I play Warlock in one of our campaigns. And Warlock's spells cap at level 5. What feature allows them the ability to cast higher level spells? Multiclass? <laughs> nope. Is it Mystic Arcanum? I was like Mystic Arcanum. Yeah, I was like Arca- Arcana, Arcanum. Yeah, Mystic Arcanum. It is. Mystic, Mystic Arcanum allows them to, I believe, just one spell between six I to nine. I think you just get the one, yeah. Six to yeah. nine. Yeah. Yeah. And you can cast, I think it lets you cast it once per day without burning a spell slot. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And if Don't quote me on that. you go Genie Warlock, you get Wish. Yeah. That's, some, what's, that's one of the, I don't think it's a cap stone maybe it is a capstone but they get it at 14 and it mystic mystic arcanum is available at level 11 so ah, oh yeah so fifth level for a while <laughs> yeah level 11 yeah but you can just like nap it off and then go again like that's great i believe <laughs> level 11 is when all other casters are getting their sixth level so sixth level yep your your spells level progression is the same as a full caster, but your spell slots are all whack, wacky from Warlock. Super wacky. Hmm. 
Okay, so I don't know how hard. I feel like Kyle's really hard and he's really easy, but maybe I don't know. Okay, so cantrips are probably some of my favorites because I just do them all the time. Name the two only cantrips that are bonus action. It's gotta be... Oh, go ahead. You you feel like you... Buzz in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no. I, I take like it back. It's like Blade Ward. I think, and I think that Blade Ward is specifically and uselessly an action. I think you're thinking of um, True, True strike. strike. I think they're both. You think they're both actions? <laughs> I thought it was action and then you get to take an attack. Or is I, that like Shillelagh? That's Shillelagh. Shillelagh is one of them. Shillelagh is, is a bonus action? Yeah, yes. it is a bonus hey. action. Accident. I feel like I should have given you a list, A, B, and C. Like Kyle. No, you gotta let us squirm. Okay. Yes. I like that Kyle was like, I have no idea which which one it is, but it's shillelagh. probably it's probably like Shillelagh, where you can like <laughs> cast it and then attack. Yeah, it's exactly it like Shillelagh. Shillelagh is one of them. What is the second one? What is the second oh, cantrip? Man. That's a bonus action. I mean, I don't think that this is the answer, but technically, spare the dying if you're a grave cleric is a bonus action. Hmm. Only as a grave cleric, though. But that Only. that has too many uh, qualifiers on it. Yeah. I don't know. I throw in the towel on this one. Yeah, I don't. Kyle, I'm it's not guidance. for a white flag, but I don't. Have one, so. <laughs> and I only have red. Magic stone. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah, magic stone Never and heard shillelagh. Of that one. Super fun sounding spell. I I love the flavor of magic stone. I just like never. I just never take it. Well, now you know it's a bonus action. Great. I <laughs> min max or well, I maximize the amount of actions that i can use so i always have a bonus action typically so maybe if i don't have a bonus action like i mean magic stone when have we ever like needed one you know what maybe we're playing wrong maybe we should be using magic stone more all the time The, the great use case for magic stone is because if if you do not know you use your bonus action and create three magical rocks that have a um, extended range for throwing them, and I believe they deal one d six damage plus your spell casting modifier or something like that. Um, don't quote me on any of this. Um, no, it'll uh, all come out of context, and you're gonna look dumb <laughs> on the internet. But you can give it. You can give it to someone else. It retains its magic. Yeah. Um, I think for like a minute, it's pretty short. Yeah. But you can like t- toss them to your unarmed ranger, and they can sling them at enemies using your spell casting modifier instead of something else so it, it's got some niche uses and it's a fun flavor spell i do like that i do feel like you it would almost be good for when you're building your backstory with someone else yeah yeah like, that's what i was thinking too yeah having it be more of that niche situation for sure yeah how how does that interact with catapult um i don't i don't think it do they not add to each other? Because then, because hmm. catapult gives it a. All right. I don't know. That's that's a, a hypothetical for you, Morgan. How about that? Oh no, I'm out of turn. Hold on. Let's see. Catapult. Mm-hmm. No, we you. can just move on with the trivia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey. So uh, that is all my trivia questions. I just have a hypothetical. Oh. Oh, Hit okay. us with your hypothetical. Okay. Unless it's about catapult, and then I want to look at the spell first. <laughs> it is not about catapult. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Um, it is also water-related, Isaac. I, I felt nervous when you were telling yours. I was like, oh, no, is he going to? Okay. So, <laughs> um, 
your party is outside in the woods and it is raining. I am a ranger who would like to put myself at range, so I'm not at disadvantage with my bow. Can I cast Water Walk and step on raindrops to move my movement upward? That's, I kind of love it. Would I would be allow really it. cool. It would be really cool. <laughs> again, again, I'm gonna be the grump here, and I don't think I'd. I don't think I'd allow it. He's a rain-soaked blanket. Well, Why? Well, I mean, you're stepping on raindrops uh, okay, as they're falling, uh, so if it's yes. it's like a downpour, like a measurable mm-hmm. downpour. No, I'm saying that you put your foot up and you absolutely step on the raindrop, and then the raindrop falls the rest of the gra- way to the ground before you can get another foot up there. Like climbing an escalator going 90 miles an hour. I think you're doing... I think you could dope monk shit a little bit off the ground, and you would immediately fall, and I would say fall damage. So like I would you say, know, water walk. You can get that range up, but you're gonna collide with the ground again. I'm gonna go a different way with this. Okay. I would say you can keep walking on the water as long as you use all of your movement, and you, as soon as you stop or don't use all of your movement, you drop. Yeah. Although if you use all your movement, you're 30 feet in the air. Like 3d6 on the way back down is not nothing, man. Yeah. That's the choice they make if they, uh, or if, like, uh, there's a bolo or something. <laughs> I think at the very least, to balance the power of, of a fly spell, essentially, I would make, it, I would require them to cast it using a spell slot, since Water Walk can be cast as a ritual. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, but oh, in yeah. combat, you're not gonna, like... Give me a minute. I need it 11 minutes. It lasts an hour. It just starts raining, and you can cast it for free without using a spell slot, and then that person can fly for an hour for free. Not fly. It's okay. Fair, they're gonna hurt fair. on the way back down, and it's not like it's using their movement. I don't know. I think I, I'd allow it. I'd allow it. You know what? You can rule it in your game however you want, but in my game, I'm in charge. And your game's <laughs> the one that with the rain. And the hypothetical <laughs> is just for them to get off a shot. And then like, yeah. it's not That's like, fair. yeah, it's not like they're just going to hang out up there. It's they're not just like run into the clouds and like standing up there. Yeah. They're just going to like, and then shoot and then fall or whatever. If a player came to me ahead of time with that idea, I probably would allow it. Okay. As I, long as they, they set the expectations. I am a player really coming to, to you ahead with this idea. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I am that player. <laughs> yeah. That's me. I'm that player. Uh, I also might require a dex check to do oh, the dope monk yeah. shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, to balance to balance on raindrops. Yeah, to balance on raindrops, like that takes some coordination. I don't. I wouldn't want to put too many stipulations, but like running jump is something that comes to mind. Maybe me potentially rolling on the side to see how rainy it is. If it's not rainy enough, then like a d10, anything over a six, you can walk on the rain. What about snowflakes? Because they're slow, slower Ooh. than rain. That's fun. You know, because I get the rain moving fast. That's fair, Isaac. But yeah, what if it was just snowflakes? Does, yeah, then yeah, I would I would definitely allow that. Does water walk allow you to walk on the surface of the snow instead of trudging through it? It does, yeah. Oh. And water, it, acid, mud, lava. snow, quicksand, lava. Yeah. It's oh, not amazing. it's not water, it's any liquid surface. I have been sleeping on water walk. Yeah. 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 Okay. I learned something new today. I mean, I learned a lot of new And lasting today. an hour is impressive. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> There's a dirty joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Isaac. 
Okay. Practice that with your trivia. I had too much fun with my trivia, so oh, I'm just giving you a disclaimer. There's too many of them. They're too long, and some of them are hard. <laughs> I love it. So I'm not going to ask you about a Trolls Regeneration, because that was already asked. <laughs> but what are the only ways to kill a, a vampire in D&D? Truly and f and finally kill a vampire. I should know I this that. by running Strahd. Like, you I should, should know this. I, I think you need to introduce sunlight to their gaseous form. Yes, I ac accept sunlight as an answer. Sunlight. There is another way to kill vampires, though. Cooking with too much Chill garlic. touch? Chill touch does not, does not kill a vampire. No. I, I just had sunlight. And now Fire. I'm just defaulting to supernatural witcher. That's totally fine. This With this stake was to the heart. this was a bonus round. Yeah, stake to the heart. Rosary. Only paralyzes. Holy water! Holy water! Holy water! A silvered weapon. Uh, you are better off with holy water. Damn it. All right. You're really a holy close. water silvered weapon. You're really close with holy water. Wrapping it in garlic. So so I'll give you the bonus point unless Kyle or Sarah can steal a point. Uh, holy water on your weapon. That's what I... Did you just say that? No, I was I thinking of something else. With holy water on it. Uh, I, I think it's... You're, you gotta slip it into their wine. I'll give it to Morgan. It is actually running water. Oh! Doesn't even need to be holy. I mean... There you go. So you just Sparta kick them into a waterfall? So, they yeah, don't take they, baths? Strahd, look who's tough now. They don't take baths. They don't take baths. I think a bath <laughs> is technically standing water. That is water. standing yeah. still yeah. water, yeah. Someone else fills the um, bath. And they just sit. They don't like, like, they won't drink talking rain. They only drink, like, still spring water. No Perrier for Strahd. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So Does the next control... trivia. Oh. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I want to know where this is going. Wait, were you going to say control water? Yeah. Does control water, like, would you be able to just, like, swipe Make through them with a control water? This is a trivia section, oh, not yeah, a yeah. hypothetical <laughs> Let's section. Let's put a pin in that one because I want to know. It, it is, it is, it, you can um, submerge a vampire at zero hit points in running water and it mm. will keep oh. them, it will make them die. Um, I do believe they also take damage from running water, which can result in them dying, but yeah. Um, all right. Next one is a bit of a story question. My deep gnome is in the deep, dark caves of the Underdark with no light source. And is creeping along and encounters a cavern, which he would like to try and perceive something on the far side of the cavern. The far side of the cavern is only 60 feet away. Would my deep gnome be at advantage, disadvantage, or a straight roll for this perception check? Dis disadvantage? Disadvantage? He's got dark vision. He's got dark vision. I imagine they have dark vision. For so sure, that's but... a straight roll instead of disadvantage, but it's 60 feet away... I mean, usually it's 60 feet for dark vision, but right. if it's complete darkness, is there anything around, like... Yeah, dim light versus, like, total darkness. I think he's a disadvantage. I vote. I say disadvantage also, yeah. Disadvantage. Yeah. Disadvantage is correct. Deep gnomes have superior dark vision, which allows them to see in darkness as if it is dim light, and dim light still imposes disadvantage on your perception checks. So all those characters letting you know that they have dark vision still get minus five to their passive perception. I think dark vision is always <laughs> way overpowered. <laughs> we think yeah. it's more overpowered. Twilight cleric. 
Yeah, Twilight Clerics, the, yes. where it's at. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question. So everyone knows that you must make a concentration check while um, maintaining concentration on a spell that specifies it. But there are other reasons to make a concentration check, um, even if the spell does not require concentration. Can you name me one of those ways that you would have to make a concentration check? I will remove some of the ambiguity. This, is, this will be related to casting a spell. Um, and there are two other uh, niche circumstances in which you make concentration checks. Okay. Counters? Well, I don't think it's counters. I think it's while working in a ritual. While, while, casting, while mm. ritual casting in the window, that, 11, that 10 to 11 minute window, depending on... I think it's while ritual casting is one of them. I'll, gi I'll give you the point because you are technically correct. Uh, however, it is while casting any spell with a casting time greater than an action or a bonus action. So if you are casting a spell that has a 10-minute casting time and someone hits you in the middle of that casting, got to make a concentration check. Kyle or Sarah, do you guys know the third instance with which you have to make a concentration check? I feel like this is something, like, really easy. <laughs> like, it, we should know. Like, you, you know, know what I mean? I, I told you, you that some of these were hard. They're just really niche. They don't come up very often. If you're trying to do another thing, like you're you're concentrating on a spell and try to do another thing, Sure. It, it, this would this would be a concentration check even if a spell doesn't require concentration. Um, the instance is if you are holding the spell as an action. Oh! Yeah. Yep. Before the is. before the held action is triggered and you get hit, you gotta make a concentration check to hold the held spell. Which sucks because yeah. you're already expending the resource and you might not even get it. It might not even go off. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, what other bullshit do I have here? <laughs> Keep going. I, your questions are hard. These are great. Great. This is this is a true false question. Um, a character with the extra attack feature can grapple multiple targets on the same turn. True or false? False. Uh, false because grapple is an action, not an attack. No, that's not right. That can't be right. I think you use n one of your attacks. Depends on how many arms it has. Are you saying like it's got a prehensile tail? It can grapple two targets. Yeah, in the in the same turn, <laughs> using oh, your shouting. extra attack feature. True. I'm gonna say no. False. Okay, this is actually true. While the wow. grapple is a special action, the rule itself specifically states that if you have the extra attack feature, it replaces one of those attacks. So uh, Sarah was also right. As long as you got enough arms, you can just keep on. You can action surge and start grappling some more. Uh, and that was the the more generous of the of the question because uh, I won't do you all the dishonor of asking you to explain the grappling rules because no one explains. The I know the Nobody. rules for grappling. It is a contested strength check. As the uh, person initiating the grapple, I am forced to make a strength check, and the person contesting the grapple can make uh, athletics or acrobatics. Yeah, minor it's, clarification. It's, it's, it's athletics for the attacker and yeah. athletics or acrobatics for the challenger. Absolutely. Yes. I knew that one. Um, I didn't say it, but I did know that one. I just want to... Really a point you. to you, too, Kyle. I've gotten so few points. I just want points. But... More... If you are grappled, do you break concentration because you did not take damage? You do not. 
doesn't affect concentration at all. No, it doesn't break your concentration. You're just in a warm hug, you know, and that just helps you concentrate. Just in a headlock, trying to cast a spell. This is just like growing up. I have siblings. I just, just like, want my dangling. familiar back. I'm just trying. All right, and uh, I believe this is my last question. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll stop after this one. Uh, this is another true false uh, uh, question. A character with the action surge feature can cast two leveled spells in a single turn. I'm using the term leveled spells to specify something not a cantrip. This is true or false? This is true or false? True. I think it's false because if you, in the rules it's specific, like if you use a leveled spell, you can only cast a cantrip. I think it's on a turn. So are you saying like a fighter that multiclass with wizard? Like or that? Like or, an, or an Eldritch Knight. Yeah, like an Eldritch yeah. Knight who can cast spells and then action surge go again. I, I don't think that you can cast two leveled spell on, on your spells on your turn. I think it is le- one leveled spell per turn, not per action. Per action. I'm going to say think. true. I'm going to say true because I want to be true. Sarah gets the point on this one. <laughs> I just want to say true. Two leveled spells. But for a bon- bonus point, can you cast three leveled spells? Like later on at higher levels? It, no. Uh, using a single use of action surge, could you cast three leveled spells in the same turn? I'm going to say yes with a stipulation. Okay. You multi-class into sorcerer and use metamagic. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. That's fair. You definitely could do it that way. But when you action surge, you gain another attack action, correct? No, no, no. You gain another action. Another action. You're thinking of haste. Haste. I am thinking of haste. That's the problem. Yeah. So then, yeah, if if attacks one and two, then yeah, three can be two. That seems so broken. (laughs) What do you say, Sarah? Uh, Yes, because I want it to happen again. (laughs) I want that. You cannot. Why? Because you guys were towing the line of this rule. If you cast a spell as a bonus action, the only other spell that you can cast on your turn is a cantrip with the mm. casting time of one action. So you could quicken spell a fireball and then two fire bolts. Oh. But you can't do three leveled spells on a turn because the action ones would have to be a cantrip. That could be your, your time for your magic stone. No. It, yeah. Bonus action cantrip. Fireball, fireball, magic stone, magic stone, <laughs> or I... magic stone catapult, catapult. Ooh, there it is. I keep confusing magic stone and magic mouth, so I keep mm. imagining like flying through the air, like are you asking me to dance? Like, <laughs> I do regret starting this conversation now. No, it's great. <laughs> this is amazing. Well, I need to write this down. I want to make I this don't... character. I want to cast yeah, Zarin. You can, you can uh, whatever level Eldritch Knights get third level spells, it's something really high, like 14 or 15. Yeah. You oh. can action surge, you can fireball, action surge, fireball in the same turn. Oh, that's so um, cool. And okay, I, believe, if... I believe at that level, um, casting a spell as an action only takes one of your attacks, so then you can attack again or something stupid like that. So you like fireball, swing close, fireball. Oh, wait, I want, I want to hear it. Go ahead. What's up, Kyle? Yes. Wait, the control water thing. There's a different thing that I just okay. I want to I doesn't have to be in the this back in. Sure, I just want to know 
If you have a giant ape, someone polymorphs into a giant ape. Okay. Another person casts enlarge on yes. said giant ape. They are now considered a size above huge gargantuan oh, okay. creature. Okay. Which means they take up a 20 by 20. Anyways, yeah. they belly flop off a 30 foot ledge onto a medium creature. What is the maximum damage you would allow? <laughs> I did what? the math. They technically would weigh like 32,000 pounds. Oh my god. It, it'd, be an, it'd be like two <laughs> elephants. Yeah. Because I went from just an ape, right? A regular ape or gorilla and they're like 400 pounds or something. And then you multiply it by 888. Eight, eight. It's it's a huge number. Well, thank you both for joining us for an exciting <laughs> round of Oops, All DMs. We're definitely going to do this again. Um, so one of you is in charge, right, of kind of scheduling this next. Did I win? I think I won this I, one. I think mm. I thought that I won. Actually, I, I definitely lost. I'm not I'm not oh. even going to contest this one. <laughs> oh, okay. And you and know what your prize is? Kyle, so. You get a DM. <laughs> For the rest of your life, and never have a character. Congratulations! No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're the forever DM. Forever. Just kidding. I'll keep trading off with you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. And Kyle, thank you for joining us, too. Yeah, it was fun. Well, we've been out of initiative, but we're going to get back into it. So get out there, roll some dice, and tell some stories. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Out of Initiative, a podcast from Merely NPCs. For more from Sarah and Morgan, visit MerelyNPCs.com or follow them on Instagram at MerelyNPCs.